Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vox Podcast. We are so glad you are here. We are tuning in live, at least for us, uh, from the home base in Columbus, Ohio, and the other home base in Auburn, California. This is the first podcast of the Biden administration. Thank you, Jesus, that that came and went without much of anything newsworthy. <laughs> so we're very grateful for that. And um, and we look forward to many uh, more political conversations in the future. A uh, couple of business things before we dive into our content today. Uh, this isn't a business thing, but Tim, how are you? I mean, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's raining right now, yep. and I love it when it rains. Yes. If, I think I've said this before, but if Tim were a city, he would be Portland. I could do that. Um, I, if Mike were a city, I mean, probably Columbus, right? Big, <laughs> Midwest, you know, something. Anyway, um, so Tim, I'm glad you're doing well. Um, How are you, Mike? I, you know what, Timothy? I, I had the best sports week of my life. Holy moly. When my Browns... Uh, beat the Steelers in a road playoff game, and my Buckeyes beat Clemson in the uh, semifinals. And then I had one of my worst sports weeks the week after when both uh, teams got smacked. So, um, but I'm here. I'm still standing, as Elton John would say, and uh, and I'm excited for today. Uh, Reverend Elton John. A couple of thank yous. First of all, um, our. Our friend who I, I mentioned his name and I had no idea how to pronounce it. His name is Hawk June and he is in Korea and he gave me 90% credit for my pronunciation of his name. And, and he said, yep, but it's Hawk June. And so I just wanted to shout it out properly. Yeah. Hawk June, thank you for listening from Korea. Thank you for putting up with Midwesterners who don't know <laughs> how to pronounce anything beyond Pete. Um, and then, uh, I want to thank, um, Heidi and Warren for coming on our Patreon team this week. We're super grateful for that. And we're super grateful for all of you that have done that. It's a big deal. And, um, as always, uh, we're thankful a podcast isn't, it's free to free to receive, of course, not free to make. And all of that helps tremendously. tremendously. What, what else helps are, um, like, subscribes, reviews, and shares. All of that stuff pumps into the algorithm. And as we know, that all of that matters. Now, we've gotten Timothy texted me uh, earlier this week with a couple reviews. So we want to thank you for those that review us. Um, we'd like to just add a caveat. If you're going to review us, please leave five stars only. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but we got, it, it was awesome. We got one five-star review that had some great critical feedback. And then we got a one-star review that had some great critical feedback. So we thought we would just engage with these briefly because they kind of cover, um, uh, the, uh, the content and tone over the last several episodes. So Timothy, Go right. ahead and take a new identity upon yourself. I like this one because the name is Broke X Hobbit, which made me think when you said Korea that we have like a small like 60 or 70, I can't remember how many people, listenership in New Zealand. And I'm oh. so curious if those are all like 
if that's like a group of people or not, or, if this, this should uh, be. or if this person is, um, it should be. I mean, I, I imagine a Hobbit being from New Zealand. It's part of their okay. advertising campaign. I had a commercial yesterday that said, come here to New Zealand. And I'd like to go there to New Zealand. Perfect. Anyway, broke. If Tim, if Tim were a country, I could get down with that. He would be New Zealand. So, uh, the title of the review is I've come to cringe when this show dot, dot, dot <laughs> from the broke X Hobbit. Okay, now, first of all, my teenagers have taught me that cringe is the most severe form of, um, of like, being horrified. So there's, there's awkward, which is kind of the superficial form of being horrified, right? Oh, that was awkward. <laughs> right. And, and then there's sus. So oh, if right. something's low-key sus, that means it's suspect in some way. Yeah. But cringe, cringe is, like, that's... That's pretty serious. So we want to we want to read this one slowly because cringe. Th- that's not something you just throw around lightly. I and do love that word. It yes. always reminds me of two things. One, um, sometimes Pearl Jam. Sometimes like cringe. It's oh, one of yeah. the lyrics in there. Yep. And then yep. Uh, yep. cringer. Yep. Right? Wasn't that He Man's? Um, I have no idea. Didn't you watch He Man growing up? Nope. You're gonna go. You're on your own on this one, buddy. Oh, go for Lord. it. Go for it. No, the well, cringer was it was well, an enemy. Battle cat, the battle cat, the big green like tiger that he rode yeah. around on. Yeah, when, be, when it was before it transformed, when he held the sword up and became He Man, it was the cat's name was Cringer, and it was always afraid. It was always cringing. Oh boy. Well, you guys are okay. all you're welcome for that tidbit of information. Yep. And all right. I will just push forward now. Okay. So we cringe. When do they cringe, Tim? Well, I'm, I'm kind of dying to know, but I just wanted to I wanted to just frame the severity. Yes, yes, of yes. the critique. Cringe is the you don't just dismiss cringe. It's got an active element to it. Yes, indeed. Okay, so All go right. ahead. It's not that I dislike the content or disagree with the positions this show presents. Oh, what causes let's me just now? stop. Let's just stop oh, right oh, there. Yes. All right. Anytime you start a sentence like that, you know, you know, you know, something bad's coming. Yeah. So it's thank you. Like no offense. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no offense but let me just say something okay <laughs> so yes yeah, so so an excellent intro but it's a bit foreboding we know something's coming yes darkness is on the horizon okay go ahead all right what causes me now to roll my eyes when this show is shared is the thread this podcast presents consistently blaming shaming and calling out the church in such widespread statements Mm. There are some pastors, some local churches that don't speak down on the protests for racial equality, who don't support the Republican Party as a rule, who don't march on the Capitol. We do go to the word for instructions in righteousness. We do go to the incredible teachings of Jesus for hope and correction and reproof. We do remind our sphere of influence that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Bless those who persecute us and share the kingdom as much as opportunity allows. There are some evangelicals who are not podcast material. Whoa! Snap! <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I wish there were more. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. And and um, if we talked about those people... Uh, that would be glorious. They're just not the loud ones. 
Exactly. Or the yeah, visible it's not ones. The, exactly. Yeah. But I but I but I hear that and I receive that that yeah, absolutely. And and if we're guilty of painting with too broad a brush, because I've heard that a number of times, like, well, well, it wasn't all the Trump people that were storming the Capitol, and it's not all Christians who worship Trump, and it's not and it was like, yeah, but I don't think we're saying it is everybody. We're just saying that it's enough. It's a it's enough of a sizable group that um, the word evangelical has gotten polluted with those images. Yes, and there has to be a counter narrative that's equally as loud um, to say, well, no, that that they don't speak for all of us, right? Franklin Graham doesn't doesn't speak for me. Because if we just all, and may, but maybe, maybe the point is, well, if we just all kept our heads down and did our stuff, good would, good would prevail. And maybe that's true. You know, Paul does say, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. Um, these days, uh, I just, I wonder how far to take that, particularly when what's being proclaimed by some, and I, and I think I use the word some a lot. I don't think yes. I'm a, an all guy. But by some in our tribe, that's the phrase that I think I use, is that there it's a false Jesus and a false gospel. And it seems like we have loads of permission to kind of go after the stuff that's in our tribe. And so the reason, like one of the big one of the big things I hear is, well, how come you don't go after BLM and Antifa so much? And my answer is really simple, because my tribe hasn't embraced them, right? Some of my tribe has embraced uh, the gospel of of Trump and the gospel of republicanism before Trump. And so that's why we speak out against it. So I think the point's right, and it's rhetorically well said. Not all of it's newsworthy and hallelujah. And maybe we don't do enough to celebrate the ordinary, average beauty of people who are just good, faithful, and solid at what's at what's going on. The issue is there are so many that aren't. I don't know... It seems like counter-programming is required. What do you think, Timothy? I totally agree with everything you just said. I think that um, the, the a lot of the voice and platform has been co-opted, especially in these days, in this time period. Things have gotten explosive with um, some very vocal uh, folks on that side of the fence. And often the people who are doing the good work are doing it in humility and are not advertising it. So, yeah. Um, it's not being seen by the the broader world as much as this is. And I do think it needs to be called out. However, I think I am thankful that people uh, rebuke us <laughs> and send these messages. And um, I think that we've been trying to publicly wrestle with uh, not having a condescending tone and yeah. being and doing this in, as much in love as we can and um, so we're always open to being um, corrected and told that. So thank you, Mr. X-Hobbit. Brooke X-Hobbit. There's yeah. no... Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, no, I have that... lots of thoughts on the other things too, but I think that overall... Fair. We're trying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yep. Yep. I, I So I just want to say I hear that. I receive that. I don't think we're painting with too broad a brush. The more I read about how deep some of this goes, I mean, we're talking millions of people who, cl who claim uh, the evangelical label, who are into Q and QAnon and conspiracy 
And I mean, there's just, it's, I, I don't know. I don't, maybe we're understating it. How, I, I don't know if that's true, but I, I worry, know. I worry that I worry that way too. Here's what we don't want to do though. We don't want to shame and blame. No. Uh, we want to critique. And uh, as always, we want to include ourselves in whatever critique is being offered, right? Because we're, we're head of the line guilty as, as anybody else. So and we're always yeah. in the process of learning. That's true. I am. Yeah. I mean, I can say that I am always in the process of absorbing. If I had a good conversation with a friend the other day where we were talking about how I, what I've learned as I've gotten older is that I hold everything very loose because I am constantly learning and, and my understanding of things is changing. And yeah. so I hold a lot of things very loose now uh, because otherwise when things get torn down, or shown like we had that conversation. I think you and you and uh, Mr. Kevin Number One had a podcast episode before I was on the podcast, and um, you guys were reacting to a question that I had about um, mm. that. What I found to be what I was worried about deconstruction because uh, wouldn't we just continually be doing that as new information comes in or as uh, our theology is broadened or we understand God more? wouldn't be kind of constantly be in this state of peril where we're always deconstructing and floundering. Yeah. And I've kind of grown to a place where now I hold things loosely so that I can still see and hear. Yeah. So I think we're trying to do that with this stuff where it's just been extra volatile lately and yeah. you got to you got to you got to call it out. Come on. All right. All so right. Thank you two. Hobbit. The nice thing with that was that uh Broke X Hobbit still gave us 5 stars. Yeah. Even though it was a, it was a critical response, there were still five stars, so that's appreciated. <laughs> right? And so well, I wish my I wish my wife segue. would like that. I give you five stars as a husband. <laughs> but yeah, totally. That's a that's a good that's a good way to uh, intro something. <laughs> totally. Totally. All like right. You still get five stars, but I'm yeah. going to tell you how you screwed up today. Yep, that's fine. That's fine. Always that always new information every day. But right. this here is a one-star review. Yep, from Shendri. I am perhaps pronouncing that correctly. And the title of this review is "Please be wise and do not dot dot dot." Ooh. The titles get abbreviated, so there's a cliffhanger at the end of every one of them. Yes, I, uh, there's foreboding on this one too. <laughs> yes, although this one, so this maybe is uh, flipped in every way, flipped. So this one starts with "God bless you both for everything you do." That's a very pleasant opening. Yeah, thanks. Before I share this, I want to make sure you know God is my president and my savior. That being said, when you talk about the events that occurred at the White House, you're making statements about a little over 100 people that did terrible things and completely forgetting about the other over 100,000 peaceful, calm people who walked to the Capitol. That walk and the protest is our rights as American citizens. Mm -hmm. It is not okay to do it unlawfully, including violence. I have to wonder how it would have come out if there had been no violence, no Antifa, just calm, peacefully passionate supporters. I think you should consider that they are using Trump as their message, but the overall care of these people is to continue to uphold our American constitution. I do not look at Trump as my God. I do not even personally like him, but he is fighting for the continued freedom of America, 
now that we have a completely democratic government, I challenge you to watch what happens with a completely democratic government. In my opinion, socialism will grow and it will end up being very different from what people think. I believe this new government will take more control of our lives than ever before and take away more of our religious freedom. So I agree that there is no room to cross Jesus with politics. However, when you're trying to make people understand, there is a much larger picture of what is going on. Uh, yeah. So okay. please, I ask you to make sure that when you are stating pieces of information versus pieces of opinion, to be mm. clear about that. Mm. If you want people to follow Jesus more, then it is your responsibility. Thanks for reading this. God bless you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, I don't know that I would um, agree with several of the assumptions or the specifics of the critique in the sense of, I think it was well over 100 people. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, and, and would it got, have gotten the same reaction had there been no violence? Well, of course not. Yeah. I mean, of course not. Uh, however, we have been steadfastly, as long as we have existed as a podcast, steadfastly opposed to any wedding of Jesus to a political party, regardless of what party it is. In the case of my tribe and our tribe, it has been... Um, if there is a wedding, that wedding has usually been towards the Republican side of things and taken to an extreme in, um, in some cases with, um, with the adoration of uh, President Trump. And so um, I'm not sure uh, that, that uh, opinions versus the statement of facts. Can you read that section again? Because I, I had a critique of that yeah. but i want to make sure i understood it correctly let me find it da, 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 da. that's at the end so please i ask you to make sure that when you are stating pieces of information versus pieces of opinion to be clear about that right got it um okay well i think that's the, fair well, yeah <laughs> amen amen but but um, uh, this gets down to something that is at the root of so much of our disagreement these days. Namely, what are the facts? And what counts right. as facts? And who right. counts as experts? Right. And, you know, I'm not, I'm counting more than a hundred people storming that sucker. Um, and, uh, okay. So if I've the heard multiple if, people refer, refer to fact-checking as opinion. Right. And so right. that puts us in a really interesting boat where um, what is truth? Because truth has become, in, in the conversations today, truth has become subjective. And that right. is where we start to get into really troubled waters. Yeah. Yeah, it really is nasty because um, you can argue... I mean, there. You know, we've done such a good job of ha having articles and charts for about any nonsensical thing you want to kind of swallow out there. So, um, so all that is to say. So, first of all, um, okay, so that certainly wasn't the the hundred thousand people have a right to do whatever they want. True. Um, secondly, they have a right to be Christians. 
and do whatever they want. True. I have concerns about any time the name of Jesus is associated with a political party or candidate. That's true. And it doesn't matter who the party or candidate is. End of story. I have concerns. Yeah. All right. Why was this one so elevated? Well, because it seemed like it was egged on by the sitting president to overturn an election he says was stolen while the Congress was in session to ratify the electoral votes after he'd threatened the vice president uh, about he'd better exercise his uh, constitutional duty to overturn the elections or send back the electors. I don't think that's opinion, my dear critiquer. I think that's exactly what happened. And when that image gets draped with Jesus is my savior. Now there are videos out of praying in the Senate chambers and praying before you're just like, no, I I don't, I don't think this represents the ideology of just a few. Now it certainly represents the behavior of just a few, but I think there are instances all over that this represents the ideology of, of more than just a few hundred people who stormed the Capitol building. Yes. And so I agree with you that, that, that you could be a Trump supporter and be a, a Christian. Of course. Absolutely. Um, the issue is uh, anyone who begins to argue that it's their Christian duty to be a Trump supporter or a Joe Biden supporter, that's where we get off the ship. As we've been arguing in the Sermon on the Mount, God's doing something far more radical than just stamping one version of the kingdom of the world with a cross. And so um, any political allegiance that leads us uh, into idolatry is something that has to be called out. And that's the yeah. one that we're seeing, you know? Anyway, excellent. Anything you want to add to that, Timothy? No, thank you for... I I, I really do appreciate um, people bringing in criticism and um, speaking things that they think are important. So... Absolutely. I, even if we even if we disagree with some of this stuff, I, I, it's not in a... It's not in a um, it's not from a place of not appreciating what it is. We like, I love having this conversation and yeah. having an open conversation about it all. So thank yeah. you, yeah. reviewers. Yeah, and that's and that's why we take time on the podcast. We like we don't know totally. a better way to honor that feedback than to spend time with it. Yeah, and um, we've learned and grown a ton from it. Believe it or not, I so, love the thing that you said. I don't know what like on a couple during this conversation. So sometime in the last couple of weeks that. Um, just the fact that Jesus, you know, was picking apart the, the church and the religion that was built by his father at the time, you know what I mean? And so why would we not think that he's totally like, why would we think this is out of the, out of the realm of anything is kind of bananas. Yes. yes. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yep. And he would start with us. Yeah. And so, you know. There has to be, I mean, I've, I've spent the last couple of weeks thinking about, um, because I, you know, this is an analogy, but, but these days, I, you know, I see religious fundamentalism on both sides of the spectrum of the theological spectrum, pastoral spectrum, political spectrum, right? And, and we don't, and I, I saw just a quick quote and I saved it on my Twitter feed, but it was, we don't want to replace a conservative Christian supremacy with a progressive Christian supremacy, right? We, we are, we renounce supremacy altogether. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, I don't know what that means, but I like the idea <laughs> of having to examine 
um, all of the ways that, that my political imagination has been hindered by the world in which I live. And so, totally. you know, that's Gombus, you know, Gombus is a gift to me in that way. Cause he just stirs me up in like, yeah. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Never thought of it that way. That's why we keep having him on. Even no, though his philosophy in- of the church wanting power over. Yeah. It's just like, what? Yeah. It's so counterintuitive and uh, it's, it's a real, it's a bummer. Well, speaking of counterintuitive, my friend, it's time to hop back onto the Sermon on the Mount, ladies and gentlemen. I feel Our like palace... we need a theme song for it. Oh, yes. And for some um, reason, the thing that just popped in my head was like the, you know, the old monster, like the Sunday, 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 like with the echo. Yes. It was like sermon, sermon, sermon. On the Mount. Ice. When you're down for the count, look up the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Here we go. Tim's Troubled Times. Oh, that was a good one. Uh, so, so anyway, so Tim, we're back, back in the Sermon on the Mount. Who do we have reading today? We have Katie. Nice. Katie, who I'm sure has the voice of an angel. Take it away. Hi, my name is Katie Perrin, and I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, Or about your body, what you will wear? Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All right. Let's reframe this a little bit, Timothy. All right. So we began uh, several months ago by commenting on this kingdom that Jesus is inaugurating, at least in its manifestation on earth. The kingdom of God's always been around, but in in terms of its manifestation on earth and its coming in Jesus, um, Jesus gives this, uh, this picture of a kingdom um, that is a political entity in and of its own, and it operates by a completely different set of values and priorities than the kingdoms of the world do. And, and, and so Jesus in his, in his sermon, he begins by pronouncing blessing on the unlikely. He begins to underlie the ethics 
of the kingdom as they stand over and against uh, some restricted Jewish understandings of the law and uh, over against some of the practices of the Gentiles. Chapter 5, he has these statements where he's looking at light and heavy laws and saying, you know, God, there, there are no such thing as light laws, right? You, you could think right. anger is not as serious as murder, but in the kingdom, anger is where murder begins, right? And yeah. he does that with lust and oaths and adultery. Um, and so he's rummaging around in the, the carnage of the human soul, um, reminding us of the ways in which we try to minimize the rightness that characterizes the move of God in the world. Then he begins his critique, a systematic critique of the rightness of the the scribes and Pharisees that he says has to be surpassed in order to be a member of his kingdom. And he gives examples of Jewish piety. And he's talking about doing them in a performative way in order to be seen by people or doing them in a way that's hidden so that the God who is hidden will see them and reward them. And um, we got into some ideas about prayer uh, and, um, and fasting and giving. All right. Now, uh, Jesus delves into something we, we think is a different topic. He starts talking about treasures. He starts about treasuring. So this is review. And he talks about in Matthew six, he talks about, uh, you can treasure things on earth. You can treasure things on heaven, things in heaven. And just a reminder, treasuring just means valuing or prioritizing. Your earthly treasures aren't your bank account unless you value your bank account above all else. Yeah. Right? And heavenly treasures aren't crowns or streets of gold. Heavenly treasurings are treasuring the things of God, hunger and thirsting for righteousness, for instance, seeking first the kingdom. Those are heavenly treasures. So he contrasts two kinds of treasurings. One is insecure, where moth and rust can destroy, um, and one is secure. Uh, that that cannot be shaken and that not nothing can on earth can touch. Then he says, um, and, and again, we think we're talking about something else. And then he says, well, um, he talks about two kinds of eyes, a good eye or an evil eye. And this was a way of talking about being greedy or generous. When you look upon the world, do you see abundance and that causes you to give or do you see scarcity and that causes you to hoard? And then he says, you cannot serve two masters. So we go from two kinds of treasures to two eyes to two masters. And the master slave image here isn't, we think master, we think like maybe employer, like you could have two jobs. For, for slaves, you could have more than one job, but you only had one master. Yeah. And so he's literally saying you have to choose between the mining of things in life or the understanding that they're all gifts from God to be enjoyed and to be utilized in the furtherance of his kingdom. All right? That is the review. Boom. Now, in my English Bible, it says it has a paragraph break and it has a topic heading. And it says, do not worry. Yeah. So you think what's happening is that he's talking about something else. <laughs> but he's not. He's still talking about treasuring, all right? So this is one of the most hallmarked, (laughs) um, cliched texts in all of the scriptures. And I mean, my goodness, I used to beat myself up with this in the midst of anxiety and depression and... Totally. Oh, my goodness. So 
so I'm going to go over this sucker briefly and then we'll talk about, because there's just really one short point he's making, but it's, yeah. it's utterly radical, um, shockingly. And so he says, don't worry about your life. All right. Speaking of treasurings, don't worry about the things of your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Uh, and then he points out the birds and, um, and he says, you're more valuable than them, but look, they're, they're clothed. Um, and they don't stress about it. They don't stress about that at all. And then, and then look at the, look at the flowers, right? They're beautiful, but they're not stressed about what they're wearing. If that Jesus says is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear for the pagans? Now, pagan here isn't a pejorative. It just means the people that don't know God, they, they run after those things. Yeah. And your heavenly father knows that you will need them, but seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and they'll be provided. All right. So, oh, now this, Timothy, <laughs> this, I'm going to start, I'm going to start rocking here. All um, right. Uh, First of all, these aren't tips. These aren't Jesus' self-help tips. Um, Jesus is not a self-help guru. He's not here to make our business better, to make me into a better husband, uh, or to you know cause me to be a better daughter or whatever, right? He's not, he's not, this isn't about self-improvement and about you just worrying less, you individually worrying less. Uh, he's here to build a kingdom. And to do that, he forms people who live and act and prioritize um, out of that kingdom in certain ways. And so his concern isn't that we become happier people. His concern is that we become kingdom people. And he's identified a major obstacle to that is the mining, M-I-N-E, the mining of our stuff, right? The declaring that something is mine. And we think what Jesus is doing here is that Jesus is commending to us the security of birds and flowers. See, a superficial reading of this says, hey, he takes care of the birds and the flowers, he'll take care of you. Hmm. As if Jesus wasn't aware that there were good Jewish people back in the day who were suffering unbelievably, right. or that there aren't Christian people today and Jewish people today who are, who are without food, clothing, and drink. We think that somehow Jesus sort of has this naivete that says, oh, yeah, by the way, you seek after me, nothing bad will ever happen, right? That's what we think he's saying. He's yeah. not commending to us the security of birds and flowers. First, because birds were sacrificed back in the day, right? Birds were not secure. And then secondly, he even references in his text the, the, the grass of the field and the flowers that are here today and tomorrow are thrown into the fire. So the first huge point is he's not commending uh, to us the security of birds and flowers. He's not saying, hey, listen, pursue me and nothing bad will happen. Right. And look at birds and flowers. Bad things happen to birds and flowers. So he's not saying that at all. All right, that's, yeah. that's, that is massive. The second thing, um, uh, is, uh, he's commending not, not the security of birds and flowers, but the carefreeness of birds and flowers. Remember what's being talked here is worry. So okay. the opposite of worry isn't security, right? That's how we want to read this. 
We want to read this as, oh, I don't have to worry because nothing bad will happen. He's saying, no, you can actually live a life of carefreeness, not because bad things won't happen, but because they will and it doesn't matter. Not right. ultimately. Which is interesting coming out of the treasures and out of... Totally. Now, here's the connection between the two. All right? And this, point number three, is the biggest point of this text. All right? He is still talking about treasurings. And remember what he says when he opens the, the treasuring conversation. He says, do not treasure treasure that is insecure, hmm. but treasure things that are secure. Why does he go into worry? Well, it's this simple. If your treasure is your age or your, let's say, let's say your treasure is your youthfulness and your looks, then how can you not help but be afraid of aging? Totally. If your treasure is your bank account, how can you not help but worry about the economy? So his, his, what he's saying is the reason you worry is because you're treasuring wrong. Right. Oh, <laughs> I never heard it that way. No, it's always been the way that you said was the miss, the, you know, yes, always, always stop stressing out. Stop being so anxious. God's going to take care of you no matter what. Nothing bad will happen. Streets right. of gold. Da, 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 da. <laughs> right. And he's saying something so much more radical than that. You can be as carefree as birds and flowers when you treasure the kingdom that cannot be stolen. Yeah. Why? Because everything else can be. You can lose ev- and will lose everything else. You yeah. will lose everything else you treasure. Now, what he's not saying is it's he's not saying it's wrong to treasure our family and it's not wrong right. to treasure, right? The the uh the work I have to do and the relationships in my life. He's not saying that. But he's saying, "Listen, it is possible when he's talking about treasurings, right? To Two treasures, two eyes, two um, two masters. That if you have the wrong eye, the wrong master, and the wrong set of treasure, then you will live a life afraid. Yeah. And um, if you treasure uh, the things of heaven with a generous eye, and um, and with uh, a master that is uh, this person Jesus, then you can be carefree. It's not that bad things aren't going to happen. It's that they are going to happen, but it ultimately does not matter. And so just, I mean, and so I sit there and I'm like, so I have so many fears and so many anxieties, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a walking mess of everything this verse or these verses sort of point towards, right? Because I... I worry about getting old. I worry about getting ill. I worry about um, losing my children. I worry about losing my wife. Yeah. And and what Jesus isn't saying, see, the superficial Christianese response is, hey, don't worry. Jesus, Jesus is going to take care of you. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You, you may lose all of those things. In fact, you know, you kind of will, <laughs> right? I mean, at some point our health is going to turn and we're not going to recover. Yeah. Right. At some point, um, I'm going to be separated from my family in, yeah. in a semi-permanent basis. At some point, my youthful good looks are going to disintegrate and perhaps you've, that's already happened. We're not sure. I was no, you've got years left on that. Years left. Uh, but there's this, a, a sense in which the remedy of Jesus to this 
is, and this is what he means when he says, seek first the kingdom and these things will be added. You can enjoy all of the gifts when you recognize they're not your treasure. See, when you try to frame that song too, like the old seek ye first, the kingdom of God, you know, yes, yes. But how much of that was rooted in this other interpretation of all of this, how much it changes the content of singing that scripture. Yes. To be postured correctly or to be looking through the right eyes at through all of this to be able yeah. to what that looks like. See, if you if you treasure wrongly, you can't enjoy it. Totally. Because you're because you're ruled by fear and anxiety about it. If you treasure rightly, you can enjoy then everything else. Yeah. Knowing A, that it's a gift, and B, it's not forever. You know? And so, I mean, it's just so freaking radical that um, and I've, and I've heard this, you know, for years taught and applied as if it was just a promise that nothing bad would happen. And I always wondered, well, what about the Christians in Africa or the Christians in China or the, <laughs> or Christians, the Christians in-, in that building, in that congregation who are going through hell? Right. And it's like, how ostracizing is that version of this scripture <laughs> where you're sitting there looking around and being like, I messed up if I'm going through X, Y, or Z right now. Right, right. My faith must not be real. God must not have any favor for me. That's right. Because I'm That's in right. I, I'm in a lot of pain. Right. What a terrible, 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 yep. terrible thing. So Jesus, Jesus is, and, and it's not, and again, it's just, it's what he does everywhere else. It's the internal treasuring, the internal mining that he's fighting against. Right, it, yeah. you can't enjoy your kids to the fullest that you can enjoy them if you're terrified of of them ever being harmed, or ever doing something displeasing or disappointing or hurtful. Right, you just can't. And and um and so Jesus is. I mean, he's not going the other extreme and just saying, "Well, it's horrible out there, but I'll be with you in the end." He's not saying that. He because he does say all these things will be given. But what does he mean when he says they'll be given? Well, they can be received when they're not ultimate in ways that they can't be received when they're deemed ultimate. You know what I mean? If you're treasuring the wrong things, then you can't enjoy the things you're treasuring. So, so, you know, to me, it's like, (laughs) you know, so this has nothing to do with what churches talk about when they talk about giving money, right? Giving money is part of the counter programming. Yes. One of the ways I acknowledge that it's all a gift it's like give money away. But that's not warring against the mining of things, mm. right? The the declaring things to be mine. Um, it's so much deeper and broader than that. And so what Jesus is kind of undressing um, is, is a kind of rightness that is has its security based in the character of God is revealed in Jesus and then lives human, the human life set out before it, but it holds out the possibility that you don't have to be enslaved to fear and anxiety like those who do not know God. But it's yeah. not because God is going to prevent every bad thing from happening that gives you security. It's the security that your ultimate treasure is the thing that can't be touched. Yeah. So, Which, good Lord, I, I, this is making me feel a little angry. <laughs> 
I did not. I did not think anger was the well, response that was going to come. But let's hear not, it. Well, not a, not from. I mean, I think this is wonderful, and it makes perfect sense. And it's frustrating. The chapter breaks are frustrating. I just like what in the world, right? But, uh, this I'm thinking of. Um, I don't even know if I should say this. You can tell me if I shouldn't. I can take it out. Okay. But the the critique earlier. One of the things was like, watch our religious freedoms be taken. All of it is from this posture of that yeah. mindness and that yep. fear and anxiety and worry about um, what I have. And we d- have done that with our faith and the church. And it's just, you see how, why this is taught differently because it, yep. it creates a, a, such a, such a safe thing, safe entity, safe body, safe place for people to hold on to all of that as their own. Yeah. And it's like, if, if we do believe in this kingdom that cannot be touched and everything that Jesus is saying, then the fear of that being taken, it's right. just such the, that's just such what we've been seeing yeah. for so long now. We're seeing people just rally on that fear. We're seeing quote yeah. unquote Christian yeah. leaders, which I love how Gombas is just like, there's no hierarchy in the church. There's no, there's no like. <laughs> who's le- who's the leaders? Yeah. Who, who are, are these I leaders of the church? But these people that have self-ascribed themselves into leadership and they're yeah. preaching this idea of your, your, um, be worried yeah. and be anxious because this is going to be taken from you. Yes. Man, what a false gospel. And that bro. And, and I didn't know whether to go into that during the response, but that's where I wanted to go was the yeah. assumptions that based uh, that the critique was based on um, validate our original points. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, so yeah. I mean, if you're looking at if you're looking out at human life, and you're thinking the worst thing that can happen is that we become socialists. Well, <laughs> then I think maybe our biblical imagination needs to be refreshed. Yeah, there are, there are certainly worse things that can happen to that. Now, I have opinions and preferences for sure. Totally. Absolutely. I I mean, as far as I know, we're in the best, worst system out there. But yeah. um, the future of the movement of Jesus does not depend on anything external to the, to the work of the yeah. Spirit and the participation of people who say yes. I mean, that's it. So there's no, there's no cultural privilege we need. Yeah, to continue to move privilege. forward. Yeah. yeah. So it's just I mean, like... This stuff frustrates me, but I want to say that I am filled with anger and lust and um, hoarding and worry and anxiety and the ways that this is speak. The entire Sermon on the Mount speaks against. Yeah. I'm railing against me those too. things every single day. <laughs> me so too. So I don't want to have... A, I don't want this, all that... To, the frustration to come across as a superior complex or superior understanding or some weird thing like that. It's not that at all. I just am so frustrated that that those quote unquote leaders are feeding. Yeah. They're f- just feeding the other. It's just so, it just makes me sad and frustrated. Yeah. It's our rights, our freedoms, Man. our liberties. And it's, it is, I mean, and that's where, that's where, like, like we said a couple episodes ago, if it's, if it doesn't sound like Jesus, it's not Christian. I don't care if it comes from somebody who believes in Jesus. Right. If it doesn't sound like him, it's not. What a base what a base fundamental idea of Christianity. If You're it right. does not sound like the Christ, it is perhaps not Christian. 
Well, I mean, just imagine an immigration policy or even 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 if we disagree as to the specifics, okay? Yeah. But just imagine an immigration discussion based on look at how much we've been blessed. We need to share this with people. Yeah. What I mean, a weird idea. You just start there. Or any any political um, participation that leads me into contempt is a political participation that I should put aside for the sake of my Jesus following. Yeah. I mean, my word. I mean, this just so radically redefines it. So anyway, Timothy, this is good stuff. And um, this is why the Sermon on the Mount is, it's devastating in, in, in the undoing of the religious enterprise, the political enterprise, the American enterprise, and the Mike Erie, Tim Stafford enterprise. <laughs> right? If you yeah. really take this thing seriously, not, nothing stands against it. There's nothing that stands against it. Not progressive Christianity, not conservative Christianity, not progressive or, or conservative politics. There is no vision ever, articulated ever. Yeah that can stand against what it is that Jesus is doing here. You want to know what shalom looks like when it walks the earth, right? Mm -hmm. What agape looks like when it walks the earth. This is what it looks like. Yeah. And the kingdom is can be free from these things, that we don't exploit each other anymore. We don't yeah. use each other anymore. We don't lie to each other anymore. I mean, that's, my goodness. Imagine what it would take, the kind of uh, revolution in our hearts that it would take to get to the place where I, I literally believe the earth is ever, uh, or, or not the earth, but that God using the earth, but whatever, that God is ever generous, never stingy, and will beyond uh, surprise me with his ability to meet the core needs of my life. Totally, and that man. not in a cliched ways, but just imagine how you would engage all of this stuff from that place. Yeah. Oof. No, we were in... Uh, I have, I'm so lucky this semester I get to teach creative writing, which is like my, something that like, that's what my master's was in. Like, that's my, that's my mm. jam. I've been teaching composition, which is terrible, but <laughs> we were able to like, you know, we sat in, um, the, I have a dream speech on, um, Tuesday because it was after MLK day. And that speech is just like, I, yesterday I went off on for like 45 minutes on just like the Harlem Renaissance and jazz being infused into poetry and how MLK was riffing on all that. Like he was playing jazz in the way that he's talking and he was taking everybody along on this journey through mm. metaphor and imagery to capture everybody's imaginations, but to broaden them. That's and so then cool. um, the young woman who spoke at the Capitol, the poet laureate, she just floored me. And so we spent... It wasn't on my syllabus for the day, but we spent all of our time yesterday picking apart what she said and how she was riffing off mm. of MLK and riffing off of the Emancipation mm. Proclamation. And, and she was helping people open up their imaginations a little bit. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, our imagination, like when Gomez was saying last week, you know, our imagination has been captured and I was saying something like, I feel like we've been lobotomized. Our imaginations for what, everything you just said, right? Like, so the grandeur of creation through the ends of the, a universe that is still, I still love that the universe is still growing. It, the creation is still happening in real time. Yeah. I love that. And we're just yeah. sitting on this little round rock that's f spinning around in oblivion. 
<laughs> and we are worried about hoarding our, uh, are worried about our Christian freedoms being, I mean, just like, we need a, we need a, our imaginations to be completely just like, yeah, exploded. Yeah. And I feel like Jesus is just like, let go of this ding dong theology and, you know, <laughs> take a breath and open up a little bit because there's so much more. Ding dong, just like cringe on the list of <laughs> severity uh, for, for Stafford, it's pretty high. Like it is. I use that to, often. <laughs> yeah. For something to be ding dong means it's, it's pretty warped. So yeah. this is a, like, it's a substitute for words that you can imagine that would not be welcome on our podcast. <laughs> this, is, this is me self-censoring. But no, that's so beautiful, <laughs> dude. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And in the thing that the thing that is fascinating about Jesus is that he then goes and does the sermon for the rest of Matthew. Like he yeah, totally he, he talks this and then he just shows you what it looks like. Oh, page after page, story after story, healing after healing, right? Dinner after dinner with his opponents. That's the genius. I mean, he's Jesus is playing jazz too. He's riffing off of Old yep. Testament. He's riffing off of the people in the place. Like he know he knows the song and he's like playing solos off of it. It's just totally, totally it's spiritual jazz. One of the most disappointing parts of the Star Wars universe was learning that Han, how Han Solo got his name. Oh yeah, what? That was so dumb. That was the dumbest. As soon as they named it Solo, you knew we were in a bad. They're like, title reveal. You guys are all so curious. And it's, we're like, what? Oh, it's because he he was alone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Bunch of freaking idiots, man. All right. Bunch of ding-dongs. There it is. Well, listen, friends, we have gone on long enough. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, as always, for your feedback. My inbox is stuffed full of emails that are thoughtful and encouraging and challenging and generous. And it's just, um, (laughs) it's it's amazing to be a part of this thing. And as always, we, you know, we we count it a great privilege and honor. Yeah. To 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 uh, appear on your phone, or in your car. (laughs) Or on your elliptical, um, probably probably on your pillow. You know, I mean, if you're having trouble sleeping, I've heard this thing is great. Like the new Calm app for help. Yes, yeah. We don't even need. We don't even need. It's just the the sound of our voices, <laughs> and our and the the topics just lull people to sleep. Um, anyway, thank you for all that you do, and thank you for allowing us to be a part of your life today. Uh, as always, friends, um, we're grateful, and uh, and we want to thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Until next you. time. Thank you for listening to this conversation. The Vox Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is supported by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at patreon.com backslash Vox Podcast. You can also engage with the hosts on social media at facebook.com backslash Vox Podcast, on Instagram at Vox Podcast, and on Twitter at Mike Erie. 
Thank you for walking this road with us.